Hey, I'm Andy. I'm Andy. And you're listening to the HMO Podcast. Over 10 years ago, I set myself the challenge of building my own property portfolio. And what began as a short-term investment plan soon became a long-term commitment to change the way young people live together. I've now built several successful businesses, I've raised millions of pounds of investment, and I've managed thousands of tenants. Join me and some very special guests to discover the tips, tricks, and hacks, the ups and the downs, the best practice, and everything else you need to know to start, scale, and systemize your very own HMO portfolio. Now. Today's episode is another business update. And as you're about to find out, it's been a challenging start to the year for me, both on a personal and business level. I enjoy recording these episodes because I think it helps keep it real. I think it gives you an insight into what really goes on behind the scenes of a property business. And I'm sure many of you guys listening today will have had a start to the year that has been far from your expectation. But the reality is this is part of building a property business. So If you would like to know what has been going on, and more importantly, what I've been doing to overcome these challenges, then make sure you stick around. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of the HMO Podcast. Hey guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO Roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO Roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the Roadmap, you'll find a full 60-lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. We've also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from. And we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. Okay, welcome back, guys. So today I am going to share a bit of a business update with you. I really enjoy these episodes. It holds me to account, but hopefully just gives you that insight into what really goes on behind the scenes of a property business. Because of course, I'm not just here recording podcasts about building property businesses. I am actually out there doing it every single day. January has been an exceptionally tough month for me. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk about why, and more importantly, what I've done to overcome some of the challenges that I've had to face. Last business update I shared with you guys was back in mid-December. And it wasn't long after I got back from our supermoon. We'd been away for three months, Gemma and I, and I came back to a lot of admin. If you go away for a few months, even with all the systems and processes and the best teams in the world, there's going to be a lot of stuff to deal with when you get back. And that was the case. So I used a lot of December to get back on top of that admin. It was a pretty boring month, if I'm honest, but it's a good time to be able to do that stuff because the phones are just a little bit quieter. I'm getting fewer emails and it just made sense to get all of that out of the way. And that's what I did. And the plan was to start the new year with a pretty clean slate. And of course, over the Christmas and New Year period, I spent some time thinking and setting my goals, which I really enjoy doing. And I was hoping to hit the ground running in January. However, the universe had completely different plans for me and it just moved everything sideways. And it's been a really tough and really challenging month If I'm honest, it's probably been one of the most difficult months in many, many years for me. The long and short of it is I've been quite well in January. 
I've mentioned, but only briefly on the podcast, a condition that I have. And I think just being honest about this is really the only way to be honest about how I'm getting on in business and the results and the performance in business. So I don't mind sharing this with you guys. I've got a condition called cluster headaches. It's a little bit like migraine, which many of us have heard of. I suspect not many people have heard of cluster headaches. It's similar in that it's a primary headache disorder, but it can be incredibly debilitating. It's really unusual. They don't quite understand the pathophysiology behind it. It's neurological and it's just me. There are certain triggers to it, but at the end of the day, the condition itself exists and you can do what you can to reduce the triggers but it won't necessarily stop it from repeating. Now, yeah, it's called cluster headaches, so the clue is in there. It comes in bouts, in episodes, in clusters, and these clusters of really sort of terrible sort of headaches can affect people who suffer with the condition for weeks and even months at a time. And I've had this for many years. I've had to deal with it periodically. For me, it tends to affect me every few years. But it is incredibly debilitating. It's not just like having a headache that kind of leaves you feeling a bit groggy. It's like having a hangover almost all of the time while you're in the sort of the cycle, the cluster episode. But the actual headaches themselves are actually physically debilitating. It's really, really tough and it brings everything to almost an immediate halt. So I think on Boxing Day, got very unwell with one of these sort of headaches. And then that just opened the floodgates and for two weeks after that, it was every day, several times a day, really affects my ability to do pretty much anything. Now, something that, like I said, I've been dealing with for years. So there's medication and things that I can take. And then there's other medication that I have to then get back onto for a period of time. But it's an unusual medication, even though it has nothing to do with the heart, this condition, it needs cardiac monitoring. It's very, quite complicated and really, really frustrating. I am the sort of person who I'm in the gym every single day. I'm out with a dog every single day. Keep really fit, keep really active, have a very, I'd like to think, got a very sharp mind and all of this. Obviously, it just sort of takes away from that. So anyway, that pretty much just took me out of the game. I was probably, well, for many days, could do no work at all. Some days I could probably get an hour or two in. And over the course of the month, I have gradually got a little bit better. Even as I record this today, early February, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm much better than I was. Usually it takes about a month to six weeks and then things settle down and, and I just get back to normal as if, it, almost as if it, it never happened. So I'm almost there, not quite there. But the honest reality is that being unwell like this has just made everything else very difficult. And in some cases, and on some days, just almost completely impossible. So it has just moved everything sideways, all the goals and targets and KPIs that I set and that I wanted to start tackling in January just didn't happen. I haven't been able to get round to things anywhere near as quickly, haven't been able to give things the same degree of attention, haven't been able to start thinking about things that needed a more detailed plan. It's just impacted absolutely everything. Now, I'm not one to dwell. And before I get onto some of the specifics that I want to share and talk about today about deals and finance and some of that stuff. I made a couple of observations, actually, whilst I haven't been too well. The first one is that I learned a long time ago that when you're setting goals and objectives, you have to be realistic. It's disappointing enough being unwell or something happening that just comes from the left field that we're not expecting. But if that has such an impact and consequence that no matter what we do, we can't make up for it through the remainder of the month or year, and we can't hit those targets, then it's really an exceptionally disappointing. And sometimes we can just lose the motivation to actually go out and achieve those goals if we can see that it's just not likely to ever happen. I actually give myself scope. I always build a contingency into my goals and targets that I set for the year. 
Now, obviously, I hope that I don't need to use that, but it is an important part of the goal setting process. And I would recommend that you do exactly the same because the chances are, as a property investor, personal stuff aside, some things are just going to come and they're going to delay you. They're going to throw you off course a little bit and you're going to have to deal with it. You have to pivot. You're going to have to adapt. And if you don't have enough sort of length on the rope, you're going to find yourself very disappointed and very frustrated and making decisions through frustration as a property investor can be very, very expensive. We rush into things, we try and squeeze things. We want to make sure that we're being realistic about the goal setting progress. Yes, we want to be pushing ourselves, but these really should be achievable goals. Just make sure when you are setting goals, you're reviewing your goals, you are building a contingency in as well. You're not putting yourself under too much pressure, so much pressure that would mean if anything was to happen, surprise you, it wouldn't leave you so disappointed. If you can see that you're not going to achieve your goals by the end of the year, no matter what, that's going to be really difficult. You're just going to lose motivation and enthusiasm to go out there and get it done. So just make sure when you are setting your goals that you do build a bit of a contingency in for things that just aren't going to go to plan. The second thing that I've observed, and this one really surprised me, it's been, like I said, probably the most challenging month for many years for me. But surprisingly, it was on a financial level, the best performing month ever for me across all of the businesses. And I think that that is a real kudos, a real sort of nod to the fact that setting properties up and running them in the way that we talk about on the show and building systems and processes, automating what we can, it really does work. And actually, I'm not often unwell at all. It's very unusual for me to be unwell. But when you are unwell, you very quickly realize and value passive income, whether it's from rental income or other income streams that you've got you really understand just how important it is. And so what that has sort of taught me in reflection is that whilst I've had the most difficult month I've ever had for many, many years, all of the work that I've been doing in the months prior and the years prior has actually worked. So look, that's just been the reality for me for the last month. It's affected what I've been able to do in the businesses quite significantly. And I didn't think it was fair to do a business update for you guys today without discussing that. And hopefully, like I said, it just helps keep things Real. This is the sort of stuff that as business owners, we are just going to have to deal with. So good news is feeling much better. I think I'm probably pretty close to getting back to 100% and very much looking forward to really getting stuck back into things. But on a granular level, what has been going on in the businesses? What this actually impacted? Well, I'm going to give you sort of a bit of an update on the HMO stuff, some private finance stuff, some planning stuff and all that jazz as well. So where to begin with today? Okay, I think the first thing that I want to talk to you about is new investors. Uh, I haven't actually spoken about this much on the show. It's something that just happens fairly continuously in the background, but I have talked about raising private finance and the importance and value that this can have in your business as a property investor if you do it well and you do it consistently well. A lot of our loans and private stuff were coming up for redemption by coincidence at a similar time. So we were having a number of conversations with our investors and other investors and quick tally up. And actually at the moment, and with some of the new loans we brought in, our private finance, sort of our borrowing from private lenders, private finance, private investors is well in excess of, of 2 million quid. And this is the sort of thing that the longer you're in property, the more network contacts you build, the more you are likely to be able to raise. But it doesn't often just happen overnight. You know, it's taken as many, many years. And just took a moment to realize 
how great an achievement that was that these people trust us with substantial sums of money and that we're able to use it in such a good way. So while we've not done anything drastically different, we haven't gone out and done a huge campaign to raise any finance, it was just as things were being dealt with, I just took a moment to take stock of that. And I think that made me feel quite proud because there's a lot of work that does go into raising private finance, a lot of trust, a lot of reputation. And I think it was just a nice reiteration of what I often talk about on the show when it comes to raising private finance, all the things that you need to do, the rapport and building relationships and doing things in the right way. It's really nice to be able to see how well that is working for us, but also for our investors. And um, by the way, if you do want to invest with us and then come and get involved in some of my commercial Terezi projects, just drop me an email to andy at the hmoroadmap.co.uk or just drop me a message on Instagram and we can talk to you about how you might be able to get involved in our story. But that was a really proud moment for me this month. What else has been going on then? Okay, so from a HMO point of view specifically, I told you guys back in December, I was on the hunt for another HMO. I've been on the hunt for, for HMO for about 12 months now. I've just refinanced something else. One of my other HMOs, it was coming up for renewal, just refinanced at 54 or 5.8%, I think. Not a bad rate on a six-bed shooting HMO, 75% loan to value. But what that means is I'm very sort of cash positive at the minute, which is a nice position to be in. And I've been talking about this for quite a while on the show, particularly as things have been a bit unusual out there in the market. Prices and values sort of relatively flat look like a good buying opportunity this year for me. But I can't find anything to buy. And it's really frustrating me. I'm looking for another prime HMO, another good project, maybe even two or three, but I just can't find anything suitable at the minute. I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking. And that market seems to have just really tightened up for me at the minute. So I'm not by any means throwing the towel in. I'm just happy to wait. And when the right deal comes up, I'll pounce on it. But it is difficult and frustrating. While I haven't been (laughs) so well, I've probably spent more time on the portals than I have done usually. I've just been sort of mindlessly scrolling through right move and Zoopla. You know how it is. But yeah, disappointing and nothing to report to you guys on that one. That was one I was hoping by now, this time of the year, I'd be able to say, yep, found a great deal. It's all going through, offer agreed. But it's just not the case. So um, already <laughs> off target on that one specifically. What else then? Okay, so let me give you a bit of an update on some of our sort of larger projects and planning. So currently got three sites sort of at various stages. One is, is in build at the minute. Footings are all dug, just waiting for a timber frame to be delivered on site. That timber frame for what will ultimately be 10 units, 10 flats, should go up pretty quickly. Should actually be erected in a matter of five weeks with the roof on. So we're just waiting for that to be delivered, but that has been slow for various reasons, mainly technical details on the drawings. But it's ticking away in the background. A great bit of news on one of our schemes. So we've got a, a fantastic, beautiful project overlooking the sea down on the southeast coast. For various reasons, we split that into two applications mainly because we could separate part of it into a PD application and part of it into a full planning application. It's quite complicated, and I don't think there's going to be much value in going into that today, but it has been delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed by the council. And it's not been delayed because of anything we've done, and it's not even been delayed because of any objections. It's been delayed because the council just simply haven't had the time to deal with it, kept coming back for extensions, and we haven't had any option but other than say, yeah, okay, fine. Because if we don't do that, they'll just decline. They'll just reject the application and have to go back to scratch. So We've just been having to give them them. Anyway, on Friday, one of the applications came through. We got the planning for the sort of the first part of the building. 
The second part of the building is just waiting for a single comment to come back from highways. And then in a couple of weeks time, we should get that as well. By the way, one of the recent delays from the council has been that the council's IT system literally went down for several weeks, which is really frustrating. All, of course, at our cost while we sit on this building and it probably costs us about £15,000 a month just to sit there and do nothing on it. So that's what's been going on there. But we've got Half of the planning through for that, which is fantastic. And in just under two weeks, we're hoping to get the rest of the planning on the other side of the building. Once that all comes through, and we very much are expecting it to come through, that's based on conversations that we have had with planning. That is for 24 units in that. And then we're going to go in for another application on the site for a new build, which maybe about 15 more units. So a lot going on there, but really positive start to the year from a planning perspective, certainly on that particular project. We've got another project in Sheffield. It's the factory, sort of about 5,000 square feet with some land. Before Christmas, we got a fantastic scheme drawn up. Beautiful looking scheme, reinstating the original building, very sort of industrial. Sheffield's got a lot of that industrial character, really cool looking scheme. And we put together a scheme for, for 10 units in there. It's up against a grade two star listed building. And we knew that it was always going to be contentious. What we do against that listed building was always going to be up for debate with Heritage England. They're the people who have some say on what you can and can't do next to their buildings, next to listed buildings. So we put a pre-app in with Heritage England just to see what they thought of the scheme before we submitted our full app. And they came back and they just didn't like our scheme at all. It's really disappointing, but they didn't like the new roof and the massing that we've proposed. We were going to do the land. We we're going to build on the land as a phase two. Otherwise, it's going to be quite a big project. And they really didn't like that as well. They wanted to see the whole thing that developed. They thought it was incongruous without it, without sort of reinstating the original grid line. So anyway, it has been a case of going back to the drawing board through January. And because I've been in well, this is like probably one of the things that has slipped a little bit. Heritage Jingling were taking a while and then just getting back on top of, okay, what should we do now? We've got the feedback. It's all taken a bit longer. And part of that is my fault because I haven't been so well. Now I've been feeling better back on top of it, but the conclusion really is that we're going to have to probably make quite a large compromise on the massing of the existing building, probably reducing it from 10 down to, to eight, maybe even a little less, and then building out phase two or submitting for phase two at the same time. What that means is it's just a much bigger scheme. It's a major planning scheme. You're into things like much bigger sill charges, much bigger affordable sort of homes considerations. Obviously, the build out of something like that scheme, because it'll be more like 20-ish units, is significantly bigger. <laughs> it's a project that's going to take a lot more time. And it's an interesting one because economically, it just doesn't really make sense to convert the existing into maybe six or eight units. It's just such a small project for what you get out at the back end when there's still other stuff to do. When we were doing more like 10 it made sense economically because we could do that for 10, recycle all of our money out, and then we could come and do the land whenever. But anything less than that, it's probably going to make it difficult to recycle all of our money out. And what that means is, even if we do the conversion, we end up with, let's say, eight units in phase one. We've got quite a lot of money in there. We could have a couple hundred thousand locked up. And that's just not ideal because I really, we want to be using that to build out part of phase two or unlock it as quickly as possible. So the conclusion is, back to the drawing board, design the whole scheme, much bigger scheme. It's going to take longer. It's going to take more time to actually sort of get to a point where we've got planning and it's just going to cost us a lot more. But hopefully we get to a point where we are able to crystallize profits from the whole site much sooner. So that's kind of really what's driving that one. But very, very, very disappointing to get that sort of feedback back from Heritage England. This is why it's always such a gamble with planning. You've got to be very careful. Now, we always knew it was going to be contentious, but unfortunately, yeah, they were really quite pessimistic about it. And this is not the sort of 
battle you want to yeah, really get into, we can try and maximize the scheme elsewhere. So that's what's been going on from a planning point of view. Some good news, but lots of delays, some bad news and more, more delays. But if you're really looking to add value through sort of development, you've got to go through planning for a lot of this stuff. And this is just the reality of it. It takes time and you've got to build all of this again into your contingency and all into your targets. You know, and this sort of thing, thankfully for us, it is. We have got contingencies for this sort of stuff, for these sorts of delays. So from a property point of view, that is pretty much it for this month. I told you it was a pretty, pretty terrible month, really. Not a huge amount to report. That is, of course, the reality of being a property investor. Most months, very little is actually happening. A lot of it is just in the planning, isn't it? What else has been going on across my businesses then? Well, the HMO roadmap has had its best month ever. And really interesting. For the first time, we trialed things like Facebook adverts, Building a digital business was always going to be an exciting challenge for me. I still really enjoy it. Almost three years on from building that digital business, learning things every single day about it. But we did our first online campaign. It's gone really well and learned a lot. Got a lot of data from it. And it's something that I want to build on moving forwards. But been a lot of testing, split testing adverts and things like that. I don't do that personally. I've got a team that do it. They feed back and we work together in creating the assets. And it's been a really interesting experience. I have actually really enjoyed it. I do enjoy that kind of aspect of building businesses, trying new things. And one of the other cool things that we've been working on in the background is, and I've mentioned this a number of times on the podcast, but finally, the first live event is going to be specifically about rent to rent for anyone interested in rent to rent. And it is going to be absolutely incredible. I'm so excited about it. I'm going to tell you more about that in upcoming weeks, but really excited. We've drafted out the plans. We've started to arrange the venue and things like that. So we've got an incredible format, something I don't think you'll have ever seen before. So stay tuned on that. But wow, I didn't realize how much was involved in organizing things like events. Now, again, I've got a lot of help and support, but just I'm driving it forward. That has definitely been something that has slipped because of me. I wanted to be a bit further down the line with it, but it's happening. It's something I'm really, really excited about. That is pretty much it for this week, guys. Like I said, not the most exciting month by any means, but I am hoping that a lot of this sort of stuff and other things that has been in motion comes to fruition over the next couple of months. So that's all I've got for you today. Hopefully the next business update I can bring to you is much more fruitful. Hopefully I've been smashing the targets and got some really cool and exciting things going on. But if you've had a difficult month yourself, not the best start to the year, hasn't gone to plan, then don't worry too much. It's just life. It's just business. Get back on the horse. Do what you can. There's still plenty of time to make 2024 the best you possibly can make it. Now, if there's anything in today's episode that you want to discuss or anything else to do with HMOs and building your property business, make sure you come over to the HMO community. That is, of course, our free group on Facebook. Eight and a half thousand members now. Incredible conversations happening every single day and just tons of great support and advice. So if you haven't already joined, come and check it out. That's the HMO community on Facebook. It's free. Of course, if you are a HMO investor, if you want to be a HMO investor, you want to build your property business up, you need to be in the HMO roadmap. Go and check it out. Everything in there is designed to help you start, scale, and systemize from our case studies to the deal stack to our masterclasses from experts in the industry. Dozens and dozens of incredible resources that will save you loads of time and loads of money. Trust me, it's an essential part of the HMO Investors Toolkit. Just go and check it out. There's some great testimonials on the website now that you can look at, see what other people in our community are saying about it. Go and see what all the fuss is about. That's it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget that I'll be right back here in the very same place next week. So please join me then for another installment of the HMO podcast. Mm -hmm.